Hello, I'm Brett Gilliland, host of the Circuit of Success podcast, and here's what's coming up on the show. My 20s were definitely uh, failing, and I'd like to say most of it was failing forward, but a lot of it was failing over and over again. Um, and I think my, my biggest failures, particularly when it came to business, I mean, I've been a business owner since I was 23 years old, um, and a lot of it was really just kind of self taught and Googling my way to, to the next level of my business. I think the biggest failures that I experienced really came at kind of these, these points where, um, I had to let go and stop trying to do it myself. The circuit of success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. Today I've got Gabrielle Beauchet with me. Gabrielle, how you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. Excited to chat with you. Excited to have you. You are in, uh, looks like I said before we started recording, it looks like you're about 400 stories up in the air. That building looks so tall behind you, but uh, I think you're just on the 43rd. Yeah, just 46. Yeah, if you're afraid 46. of heights, it's not, it's not for you. That's awesome. In Dallas, Texas. So uh, everything's bigger in Texas. We hear up here in St. Louis. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about how big the vision is and on the brand and everything we're doing today, right? <laughs> Sounds Awesome. So uh, I'll, let me read this. I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, my assistant Robin is phenomenal and gets some stuff on our guest. And that uh, you are the founder and president of the Millennial uh, Solution, an international training and consulting company uh, bridging the generation gap. You and your husband Brian have been called the next generation's motivational titans. That's a big one. Uh, they're best-selling authors, international speakers, and together they founded the Purpose Company. Um, so tons of stuff here, but you've helped uh, companies, um, well, actually the Navy and the Air Force, which is cool, top brands in the world. You've worked with presidential campaigns, been on Success Magazine, NPR, Sirius XM Radio, Bloomberg, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you are a two-time TED Talk giver, which is a big deal. So I will be quiet now, Gabrielle, and I'll let you do some talking. But what has made you the woman you are today making a huge impact? I think it really, for me, came down to one word, and that was purpose. From a very young age, I think I knew that I was here for a reason. I didn't know what that reason was. Like many of us, you kind of go through life's twists and turns and expectations, thinking that um, at, when I was in high school, thinking that I knew absolutely what I wanted to do, which was get into politics. So I studied politics and religion in, in undergrad, which is two things. If you ever want to make people shut up at a dinner party or Thanksgiving, <laughs> say that you're measuring, you're majoring in politics and religion. Right. Um, but I, I knew that I wanted to make a difference in the world. And so it was that curiosity of why am I here and what am I going to do with my time? that I think really created an intentionality with my life. So I wrote my first book when I was 17, wrote my second one, I second one, I think I was 23 or 24. Uh, and I think just really early on, I had a, a curiosity around being present and being on purpose. Was your family in that or like what, I mean, what makes a 17 year old think that they can write a book? And, and I'm asking, cause I know people I've talked to, I personally struggle with that too. It's like, who wants to read my book? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, here you are 17 year old girl and you're like, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. I mean, I wish it was this epic story. I mean, truth be told, I was 17, graduating from high school, going into college. Um, I was five foot eight. Uh, I was, uh, had more, more smile than teeth at the time. Um, I had eight of my teeth pulled um, I, going into high school. So I was just like this really awkward kind of Gumby-like figure in high school. And so I think from a really early kind of time, I, I decided 
you know, maybe the high school thing isn't really for me. What is it that I have to contribute? So I think I just got really deep into studying great orators. I was listening to Tony Robbins on my way to, to middle school mm -hmm. with my mom. I was, you know, studying uh, Ronald Reagan when I was in uh, JFK when I was a junior in high school. So I think I kind of always knew I wanted to get into it. And so, yeah, I just kind of challenged myself one day. Uh, and said, hey, I'm going to write a book. And, and six months later, there was a book. Now, I'm, I'm not telling you it was any good. Let me be very clear. My book wasn't <laughs> very good. Seller, huh? It was not, it was not um, uh, really something that, that I'm going to point back on and say, yeah, it was some, you know, some child genius. But, but I think it was uh, drive and passion probably more than anything else that I think kind of pushed me through that, that whole journey. That's amazing. Well, good for you. And so, Let's talk a little bit about, you've mentioned Purpose, and, and that's hence the name of your company, The Purpose Company. You'll see on my microphone here the F greater than P that stands for uh, helping people achieve a future greater than their past. Uh, that is my uh, personal mission. That is our firm's mission. Um, we have amazing people that are doing that every single day on the communities we serve. But, but how do you help people get to know what their purpose was? Because mine came, you know, probably 14, 15 years into a career and this hit me like a ton of bricks, right? So how are you helping people find that purpose that may not have it yet? I think the the big challenge on the, the path to finding your purpose is defining what purpose is. When you ask most people what purpose is, they kind of say that they know what it means, but when you ask them to define it, they might not have a, a clear definition for it. It's kind of like Bitcoin. It's like, I know what it is, but I don't know exactly how it works. Right. So, so that path towards purpose is first defining purpose, which we define purpose simply as the best of what you have to help others the best of what you have to help others. And so because of that, you can get really clear and finite on what that actually is. And so if I only have 20 minutes with someone, if we're getting coffee, Brett, and you're like, hey, I wanna figure out what my purpose is, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions, but primarily I wanna know, what have you overcome that you can help someone else overcome? That path to using your purpose usually has something to do with an element of our story, the hardest times in our life. And that's where you really put purpose to the pain that you've experienced, whether it was the loss of a loved one, overcoming a trauma, experiencing rejection as a child. There are all these elements of who we are today that when you look back through a lens of purpose, you can really put some meaning to it. So the purpose piece is really first, first focus on what have we overcome that we can help other people overcome. Then the next question naturally is who? Who can we help? with our purpose. And the who really does change throughout our lives. If you're staying at home as a parent, that, that who is, is your kids in your community. If you're the, an executive or a CEO, your who, who is your, your customers, your clients, your employees. If you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's, it's your community and, and your clients. So focusing on who is, is kind of the, the exciting opportunity that we get to do every single day at the Purpose Company, which is helping people get clarity on their purpose, who it is that they're going to help with their purpose and how do they actually scale something that they can be known for that's aligned with their purpose. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing, right? Is how do we, how do we scale it? And you hear that word, it's used a lot all the time now is that scalability. So how do you, let's take, let's just pick on the future greater than your past first, for example. Um, how, how do you scale that? How do you do something with it? I think I know who the people are that I want to serve, right? Our clients, like you said, our employees, but how do we scale that? How do we take it that next step further? Well, I think you have to consider what is your scope of impact? Some people are called to the one. They get incredible fulfillment working one-on-one -on -one with, with individuals. 
And, and that's really where they see the highest impact of their purpose. Some people are one to many, their classroom, webinar, workshop, they really, or, or a group of clients at a time. And then there's some of us, not many of us that are one to millions that they know for whatever reason, that message that they have inside of them is, is, is greater than the, than just even the current audience that they're serving. So focusing on your scope of impact is really incredibly important because if you're called one to millions and you're working one to one, you're going to be frustrated. But if you're called to do one to one and you're focused on one to many, you're going to feel frustrated and overwhelmed. So just clarifying that piece alone is going to help create fulfillment. And, and fulfillment's another thing we talk so much about because it, fulfillment is the result of helping others with your purpose. Fulfillment is kind of the evidence. It's the footprint that you're actually on purpose. And so if you're measuring your days by fulfillment, we call them fulfillment transactions. How many times did you know that the work that you were doing was making a difference? Not in a general sense, like, hey, thanks so much, you're a great person, but because you did this thing or because of who you are, because of what it is that you taught me, my life is better. So, so the goal for all of us is to have at least one fulfillment transaction a day, one, one moment where it's either an observation, you can observe someone being, um, being improved or blessed by what it is that you do. It can be a transaction of someone saying, hey, thank you so much, or I'm going to pay you to help me with this thing because I see that you're truly uniquely gifted in this area. Or it can be just the scope of work where you just know that the scope of your work is truly making a difference, changing the industry, creating a trajectory, having a maverick moment. Those are kind of the three areas mm -hmm. where you can measure fulfillment on, on a daily basis. And I keep asking these questions. I think it's huge because you just so confidently and uh, and humbly say it, but it, it's it's hard for some people to say, I'm here to serve millions, right? So so what do you do on days where maybe you, I don't know, your your social uh, life and anything like, but what maybe you stayed up last night a little too late. Maybe you had a few too many beverages and you just quite frankly didn't, you felt like crap and didn't want to do it today. But you can't have many of those days, I would assume, if you're serving one and millions, right? So, so how do you do that on days you don't want to do it or maybe the belief's not there? I think a lot of times people feel either distracted or discouraged or, yeah, frankly, you have just kind of one of those days that you don't feel like yourself. And so um, rest is important. So I'm not trying to say kind of push through the pain. If your body is tired, mm -hmm. certainly give it some rest. But but one of the things that I really love helping people with is working through what a lot of people call imposter syndrome. I think it's kind of overused, but but it's that kind of fear of how who am I to say I'm called to, to millions or even to many. But when you think about the scope of your impact and you you put a face to your impact, when you put a face to your purpose, it changes everything. It's not about you and how you feel. It's about them and how you can help them. And so if you look at the work that you're doing every day, according to the people you're helping, there are people, there are millions of people out there waiting for the story that you have to tell or the invention that you're going to put out there or the service that you're currently working to fine tune and make better and better. If you see your purpose as a duty, it changes the trajectory of why you do what you do every day is because you know you have to get out of your own way every day. You have to push past the, the frustration or the disappointment or, or, or the hangover to say, hey, there's people out there waiting for me to show up. And it's not about me and how I feel. It's about them and, and how I can bless other people with, with the purpose that I have inside of me.
Yeah. How do you go about your planning your day? Do you do that? Like, so today's Tuesday as we sit here and record, are you, are you going to tonight or this afternoon sometime plan for tomorrow? Did you already do that for the week? Like, what does that planning and uh, visualization look like for you? So I, I plan my week the Sunday before. So Sunday evenings Beautiful. is when I'm reflecting on the previous week and I'm usually measuring three things. I'm measuring intent, I'm measuring execution, and I'm measuring charge. How fe- how good do I feel about going into the next week? And so usually every day I've got it pretty well set. Um, I have brilliance hours in the morning, so I don't talk to anybody before 11 a.m. Um, that's when I have my first team meeting where I'm checking in with the team or Um, reviewing their results, kind of giving them one-on-one feedback if that's necessary. But my mornings are focused on my brilliance hours. If I'm working on a book, I'll be focusing on that. If I'm improving a core element of our course or launching an event, that's what I'm focusing on in the morning. And then the afternoons are really focused on uh, whether coaching, if I'm working with a client or fulfillment, if I'm working on something for one of our our consulting projects. Uh, And then Friday is kind of just an open day. So if I didn't get anything done each of those days, Friday, I have kind of a set block of time. That's kind of my overflow days because many of us set goals and we don't get to them. And so I kind of naturally build in an overflow on Fridays to kind of be a catch-all to make sure anything that didn't get accomplished, I can push it to Fridays and make sure that it doesn't flow into the next week. Well, what's frustrating to you when you, when you think of human beings today and you're serving millions of them, how, how, what, what frustrates you about us? I think that's an awesome question. I love that. Mike, how long do we have? Um, no, I think one of the things, get your list out. Yeah. I think one of the things that makes me kind of cock my head and look at, at us and it's not just, you know, us as a, as a, as a, as a group, I, I, I consider this for myself as well is, you know, why do we not do the things that we say we want to do, even though we know they're really important to us? And so I don't think it's a lack of motivation, but I think it's a lack of clarity and putting meaning to action. So, I mean, I work in kind of the motivational space where, you know, people come to me and say, hey, I want to find my purpose or use my purpose, or I want to, you know, get paid to kind of do what it is that you do as a branded expert. And there's the desire, but there's that gap between desire and action. And in that space right there, it fascinates me. Um, That's where I've spent a lot of my time pulling stuff apart and studying human motivation and saying, you know, even in my own life, why is it that I have a desire, but my action can be lacking in certain elements of my life? Uh, And so frustrating, certainly, but but, um, curiosity inducing, absolutely, where that kind of that gap, that in between is one thing that I think about as humans is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And so let's stay on that kind of that topic is about failures. I mean, have you had any, you know, failure? I think we all have, we're human, right? The failure. And and if so, what did you learn from it and how did you apply that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think twenties were definitely, uh, failing. And I'd like to say most of it was failing forward, but a lot of it was failing over and over again. Um, and I think my, my biggest failures, particularly when it came to business, I mean, I've been a business owner since I was 23 years old. Um, and a lot of it was really just kind of self-taught and Googling my way to, to the next <laughs> level of my business. I think the biggest failures that I experienced really came at kind of these, these points where um, I had to let go and stop trying to do it myself. I think I, I, growing up, I was like, you know, bootstrapping, figure it out, Google your way out of this. You know, I had kind of this do it yourself um, kind of chip on my shoulder. And so I, I learned 
probably like four years or five years too late that when you hit a snag in your life or in your business that isn't time to double down and figure out how you can do it. It's time to find someone who's doing it better than you to pull you out of the mud. And so that was definitely a big learning lesson throughout my 20s. And be humble enough to know you need help, right? Yeah. And, and I think that having a mirror, either of someone in your life who loves you enough to say, hey, you know, you're saying that you want to do one thing, but you're not doing it. Um, and or holding a mirror up to yourself and having those reflection times and, and times to step out of your life and step out of your business to say, you know, am I proud of who I am right now? Would would me in five years be proud of the activity that I'm 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 currently pursuing to get me to this next level? If the answer is yes, keep going. But if the answer is no, it's time to take some to take some steps back and and start to adjust. Yeah. Have have you thought about this? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But I, I think about this: what would Brett, the forty five year old, tell the thirty five or the thirty year old Brett, or even the twenty five year old Brett? Right? What what advice would I have for that younger version with less gray hair uh, than I have now? But what what would I tell that guy? Yeah, have you yeah. About I, that for I, yourself? I think about that all the time. I kind of think about it in reverse, though. I I talk to future self a lot. So I don't know if you've done that where when if I'm in a in a bind or I'm kind of in between a couple of different options, I need some wisdom. I'll take myself out to coffee and I'll say, okay, what would future Gab say to me right now? Her with her wisdom. And I think about me in 10 years and what I've accomplished. What would she say for me to do? Would she give me the perspective element? Would she give me something strategic? Would she um, kind of let me know? that it's all going to be all right. Cause I think we have far more wisdom inside of us than we realize. And so when I really am looking for wisdom, a lot of times that's my first go-to is I'll step out of myself, have a conversation with future me who has accomplished and is living out everything that I wanted to do and ask her, what does she think I should do next? And, and that's a really good leveling exercise. If you're trying to think your way out of a situation you find yourself in. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with Brett. The 55 year old Brett's going to talk. <laughs> yes, exactly. Brett, See what he's up to. The, yeah. The 45 the year old Brett tells the 35 though, and the 30 year old that it's going to be okay. So maybe I'm, I'm talking to myself about the 45 or the 55 year old guy is having that conversation because it would be cool. And I, and I do think hence the future green, your past and a firm called visionary wealth advisors. We think about the vision in the future all the time. I, I mean, I spend all day talking about that stuff. Uh, but I think it's important to sit down, have the questions, ask yourself some questions, take notes and journal on that, which moves me to the next question is how often are you writing or journaling just about life and goals and dreams and aspirations? Yeah, every day. I mean, truly, I'm I'm usually writing notes, doing um, um, any sort of like vo voice note to myself. I'm a big fan of Google Keep. So I, I have that kind of for every category of my life where it's an insight or something that I'm learning. Um, I read every day. So I'm usually going through about a book a week. And so I write a summary of that book and I put in Google Keep as well. And I talk about it with my team. They share with me what books they're reading, what they're learning. Um, and so it's the reflection piece. So oftentimes we learn things and forget what we've learned because we're not recording them. 
And so I, I knew that with the acceleration of, of my life and my career and the investments that I make in, in ourselves and our company, that I was going to be irresponsible if I was just consuming. And then I was like a sieve and it was just kind of, you know, falling out where I just wasn't really capturing that, that deep wisdom. So yeah, I've got, um, I used to just have sticky notes all over. I have whiteboards all over my condo. Um, but I learned the sticky notes, um, uh, way of recording your insights was not really mm -hmm. scalable. Uh, so <laughs> I, I turned to Google keep and it's, it's worked super well for me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What do you wish you had more time to do? Oh man. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I think I'm pretty good on kind of my time management. I, um, I know kind of at this point, something I really worked on is making more time for the people in my life. I get to do that a lot. I do a lot of trips with my friends, a lot of trips to go see family. Um, yeah, I don't know. So now do you I schedule think, that? I think in, we're number pretty one, good. Number, yeah, number two, I used to call it guilt-free golf. So I'm a big golfer. And when I was a yeah. young advisor, that I noticed about myself when I would go Friday afternoon golfing and I didn't do that week what I needed to do to be successful, I would play like absolute crap, right? Because my mental state was back in the office, even though I was physically playing golf. Then I created this guilt-free golf that if I did A, B, and C throughout the week, I could go to the golf course and have less guilt, right? And that worked. Yeah. And, and so, but I think hard chargers still sometimes struggle on taking that personal time away from the office. And, and if so, how have you gotten over that or what advice would you have for people? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think I definitely suffered from that a lot, like the work guilt of I should be doing something else. Yeah. Um, but I think if I ever trigger into that, I reflect on, you know, did it really matter that much? I think sometimes that work guilt is kind of born by a hero complex of I'm absolutely necessary to everything in my business. And the truth hmm. is, um, if that's the case, I'm not very good at running my business. Um, so certainly there's elements in my business that I'm, you know, pretty darn necessary for, but, um, but the, the guilt doesn't serve me. So, um, I kind of build in Saturdays or my off days. So that's oh, like, yeah. I do no work whatsoever. And so, you know, I run, so I run for a long time on Saturdays and I'm just kind of out and about and I'll kind of like run in one direction and then usually call my husband to come pick me up. Cause I'm like, okay, it's been like nine miles. <laughs> Can you come get you. me? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm done now. Nine or ninety. Nine, yeah. I'm okay, not, I just say, I'm my God, I think he's at ninety. 90. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a lot, but yeah, I think to that point though is giving yourself um, a break to step away from something because, um, you know, we know the whole oxygen mask principle of you know put the mask on yourself first so you can help other people, and if you're constantly feeling necessary to your company, to your job, and even to your family. Um, you have to really think about, have I created this for myself? Like, yeah. have I created an instance that I, I need to feel necessary? And I know that was kind of the case for me before as I didn't trust anyone enough to make the decisions for me. And now, you know, I'm like, Hey, I, I hope you guys make the right decisions. And you know, if, if it's the wrong decision, then, then we'll live with it. But, um, but at the end of the day, future gab is usually like, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Go for the run. <laughs> I love it. We're going to play a game. I've, I've never done this, so bear with me, uh, uh, future Gab, because you have no idea what I'm going to do here. So cool. pick a number between 1 and 12. 11. 
Okay, so now I'm gonna I'm on your Insta. I just pulled up your Instagram. We're gonna play a game. So one, cool. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Now say one, two, or three. Two. All right. Your post on the eleventh row of your Instagram and the second post over says you're looking for three corporate professionals that live below their potential and want to find their purpose and launch their six-figure expert business. Commerce expert expert below. So let's walk through that post. All right. This is, I think this is great because I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, so walk me through that. And why did you put that on there? And, and what are you trying to do there? Yeah, that's awesome. So we do kind of pushes in our community where we enroll about 10 people a week in our program called Purpose Mastery that we help corporate professionals step into their purpose and become paid experts. So getting TED Talks, writing books, um, becoming paid speakers. And so we do kind of these pushes in our community every once in a while to get folks into, into our community. And so most people that we work with are corporate professionals who are like lawyers and doctors and executive vice presidents and entrepreneurs who are just really busy and kind of like the conversations we're having right here who know that they're entering a season where it's not just about the success, but it's about the significance. Um, so I'm a big believer in creating great content. We do, you know, a ton of free teaching every, every month I do a free masterclass. We do a ton of just giving back to the community. Um, and then every once in a while we're like, Hey, if you want to work with us more, um, if there's an opportunity for us to, um, we can jump on yeah. the phone. I think it's kind of that strategy of give, 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 right. Then ask for the business every now and then. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, I think that's, ve that's very fair and kind of put another way is, um, a lot of times people just think it's all about, you know, giving, 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 but if you don't ask people to engage with you, you're actually stealing an opportunity to help them further. Because someone reading my Instagram and seeing how I share how to create a TED Talk or, you know, how to how to manage your time better. I mean, I'm giving insights all the time, but until you wait, give an invitation, they may not know that that's actually what I love doing the most. And that's a big part of our business. So it's how you frame things. Certainly, I think it's kind of the, the message um, behind the method, but it's also too cruel, I think, to, to not engage with people and sell them if you know that what you can do can truly help them. Well, this goes back to then self-belief, right? And then it goes back to your purpose. I mean, if this yeah. is the purpose, right? Future greater than your past in that example, shame on me for not trying to go serve more people. Totally. I know. And I wish more people had that mindset. I think a lot of times people think sales is like working at a used car lot or, you know, tricking someone out of their money. Um, and certainly there's bad actors out there. But um, but if you really see your opportunity to, to sell as your opportunity to serve, it changes the whole mindset around everything. Awesome. Well, I love it. Hopefully that, uh, I don't know, I think I like that going to the Instagram and randomly picking a post and seeing. I love it. We might have to do that more often. Where do our listeners find more of Gabrielle Boucher? Yeah, well, they can hang out with us. Like I said, we've got lots of free content um, on sevenfigurepurpose.com. It's the number sevenfigurepurpose.com. And so um, they can hang out with us more there, join our free community, and uh, learn more about how to step into your purpose. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes, and uh, we'll send people your direction. And it was awesome having you, Gabrielle. It was really a lot of fun. Absolutely. And Thanks for hanging together, out, man. You are like ready to rock. I got it. Well, I'm honored to, to have this conversation and get to meet your community. It's amazing. Yeah. You've got a, a really great thing going on here. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for being on the circuit of success. Mm -hmm.